Welcome to the Sports Memory Week 14 pregame show. I am here with Newman and our special guest, Dirty Curdy. What up, what up? It's nice to have you on here, man. How was, uh, how's your Thanksgiving? Oh, man, gained about 10 pounds too many, but ready to get back at it when fall, see where this playoff football takes us. How about yourself, Newman? Just, just in case you didn't know, that's Marcus doing the introduction there. Um, I'm doing well. My Thanksgiving went pretty good. Uh, I did not get as many leftovers as I want, so I'm a little disappointed in that. But other than that, you know, I went 7-2 and two in our picks last week, so I'm feeling pretty good. Well, Newman, you said that uh, you hadn't seen uh, Curdy here in quite some time. You had a special question for him. Uh, no, I wouldn't say quite like that, but uh, I did want to, since we have Kurt on the pod, just so that pe- our, our listeners could get to know him a little bit, wanted to ask Kurt a couple questions. So my first question, we all played football together. Kurt, what is your favorite memory of playing football with Marcus? Favorite memory with Marcus? Oh my gosh, man, you're talking about a long list of of times here. But I would probably say our our very first year that we had ever played in JV uh, flyweights, and we actually went undefeated that year and won the championship. My very first year ever playing tackle football with my dad coaching the team, a few of my best friends' dads coaching the team as well, and I'd, I've never replaced that memory. It was awesome. How about yourself, Newman? What? what? My favorite memory of playing football with Marcus or with Kurt? Um, pick or choose, dealer's okay, choice. Okay, so my favorite Marcus story is when we're playing against one of our rivals who was undefeated at the time. The opening kickoff, we're kicking off to them. Marcus runs over, makes the tackle, pops the ball loose, picks it up, and houses it on the opening kick. That's my favorite Marcus story. <laughs> and how about with Mr. Kurt? Uh, I definitely uh, remember Kurt being our center at one point in time and just like amping us up for this game to the point where like I thought that literally some of these people were going to like shoot thunderbolts out of their fingers. And for those of you that do not know, uh, Newman lost a full ride to Florida State because he blew out both of his knees, but that's neither here nor there. (laughs) So uh, now that we're done living in the past, let's talk about the future and a little bit of the past too. So we have some big games coming up. Um, Let us go ahead and start with San Francisco-Baltimore from last week. Kind of sloppy at times. Very interesting week calls from the, the referees. Um, is you guys think Lamar Jackson's really that good, or you guys think it's more a, kind of a gimmicky setup that they've got? Because it's, it's showing flashes. So I think there's a couple things here. One, he is a special player. He's capable of doing special things, and he has this tendency to show up in the biggest moments. So, like, when he pulls off something crazy, it's kind of just like... Okay, you know, you kind of expected it. There's a lot of there's a couple of players that you feel like that throughout the course of their, their their careers. They start to develop this reputation for big time moment, crazy action. Here it comes, right? Uh, and I think he's got that. I also think Greg Roman has done an excellent job of keeping defenses off balance with what they're trying to do offensively. So he's not getting too predictable by we're gonna run, we're gonna run, we're gonna, you know what I mean? We're gonna we're gonna run Lamar, we're gonna you know do whatever they 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 run stuff out there like the Heisman backfield where you got him, Mark Ingram, and RG3 in the backfield doing, like, crazy, stupid pitch stuff just to put it on tape and make defenses have to prepare for something of that nature. So I, I think most of the credit goes to Greg Roman in that respect. Um, I was not surprised that this game was within, you know, the, the point spread, that, that it was much closer than, than Vegas thought it was, um, because San Francisco's defense is really good. They're going to keep them in most games. Uh, where, where their problem is is on offense, you know, 
I'm, I'm just the quarterback. I, I, the quarterback and receiving core to me, there's no special talents. I like Emmanuel Sanders, but he, you know, he's not enough alone. Well, Kurt, you were just talking about uh, Lamar Jackson's magic with the ball and how athletic he is. Um, I personally still see him miss, miss throws downfield. Uh, he's definitely struggling there. He can't hit open receivers. Um, do, you, do you see like a longevity coming from Lamar Jackson, Kurt? I am concerned with the deep pass accuracy and, and actually being able to hit receivers that are in some tough spots. A lot of his big play passes are deep down the field where receivers have time to run underneath the ball, I don't really see that pinpoint accuracy. And with Lamar Jackson, you cannot deny the talent. And what he does on the field is infectious for his teammates. Just seeing what he did after he fumbled that football for the first time, coming out and admitting and apologizing to every single one of his teammates, it just speaks volumes on the guy's leadership, and that's something that you just can't teach. But one thing about Lamar Jackson, you only have to beat him once, and it's in the playoffs. And when he doesn't see the defensive scheme – the weeks before or coming through, the, the stuff that Bill Belichick's not going to give away in those regular season games, when he sees them in the playoffs, I think we're going to see another flop like we did last year. If he sees him in the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, if. Big if. Um, and now, touching on the 49ers, do, do you think Jimmy Garoppolo might be the, uh, like the downfall of that team? Because they're sound defensively. Um, so, yeah, it definitely is. To me, the receiving core is an issue. Um but at the end of the day, if you got a good quarterback, you should be able to make some of these receivers play better. Debo Samuel's played pretty well for a rookie. Uh, they have Manuel Sanders. They have George Kittle. They have the running backs out of the backfield. I, I, I'm surprised he hasn't incorporated them. Shanahan hasn't incorporated them more into the play, play, play calling. But, uh, yeah, for me, Jimmy G, he needs to play better if they're going to have a chance to win. Okay, and that's going to bring us into our first two pick'ems of the week. Uh, for those of you just t- tuning in, uh, we picked six random games uh, against the spread. And our first one this week will be San Francisco, who is traveling to New Orleans. Uh, Saints are a three-point favorite. I think it's actually too little. Um, I think the Saints are the best, if not the second. Top two, top three well-rounded teams all through and through. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo's really got to show up, but I'm, I'm taking the Saints to cover this one with ease. Well, I'm, I'm going to have to disagree with you because as great as Drew Brees is, he can't do much when he's on his back. And when you got Bosa coming around the edge and the defense that the Niners have put together and you're on turf, I just don't see it happening for him. Yeah, so I'm actually going to go with Marcus on this. I think the Saints at home are going to be too much for the 49ers to handle. Uh, their defense is really good, the Saints. It's probably underrated. Nobody doesn't. People don't like to give them credit because they just see, you know, this is an offensive team. They're going to put up points, all that other stuff. But their defense has played really well. They stopped the run. They have good corners, good secondary. Um, and the offense actually plays better almost when they control the ball and run it a little bit better. So uh, I definitely expect New Orleans to cover the three here. Um, but I don't know that it's going to get too much too much bigger than that. Um, and going into our second game, sticking with uh, the Ravens here, five-and-a-half-point favorites traveling to Bills Mafia, one of the most terrible cities on earth. But awesome fans, um, maybe overrated team, but they stomped, and I mean stomped, the Cowboys on Thanksgiving. Um, it's not going to snow just quite yet, and I think the weather is definitely going to play a factor in Lamar's game. Um, and I, I'm not a believer in the Bills, but I think they might do just enough to cover that 5.5, so give me the Bills at home. Yeah, for me, 5.5 is too many. Um, 
I think that the Bills, so their their defense is really good. They're really good at stopping tight ends, and they're really good, you know, pretty good against the run, and then they're definitely good against receivers. That With Tredavious White, you can put him on Marquise Brown, and he can almost eliminate him from the game. There was a game that Tredavious White had a couple weeks ago where uh, he had as many cat passes caught when targeted, when covering that receiver, as the receiver did. <laughs> so, yeah, because he allowed one catch and he picked one off. Uh, he, he's really good. He's one of the most underrated corners in the NFL. Uh, so to me, the Bills' defense is going to be able to hold and contain the Ravens. Um, the Ravens may still win the game. Lamar might pull some magic or whatever. Uh, and I don't know how the Raven, uh, the Bills are going to be able to cover for Lamar. But five and a half points, way too many. I expect uh, the Bills' offense to be able to score against the Ravens. So, yeah, give me the Bills with points. I'm going to have to say get out your poker card tables, get on top of the vans, and let's jackknife Bill Mafia because – I know they're going to take not only the points, but I think they're going to take the win home as well. We've been talking about Lamar Jackson and his athletic abilities. Don't underestimate who has the number one touchdown, rushing touchdowns for a quarterback in the NFL, and it is Josh Allen. Don't underestimate that Bills Mafia. I'm all with it, boys. And fun fact I just read today, uh, this is the most rushing yards between two quarterbacks, uh, like, like total yards, although granted, uh, Lamar Jackson has two-thirds of it. Um, now, I wanted to go touch on Houston and New England. I have one more thought on that game. That I, if we're going to talk about Josh Allen. just want to point out that uh, McDermott, the head coach, used to be the defensive coordinator for uh, the, the Panthers. When they made that run, he was the defensive coordinator to the Super Bowl. And <clears throat> so he kind of had this, I think, fascination with Cam Newton and having this big, strong running quarterback. And that's really, if you think about it, the way that they're using Josh Allen, similarly to, similar. to the way that Cam was being used at that point in time. Now, Josh Allen probably isn't as good at throwing the ball, but some of that may be just the fact they don't have as good a wide receiving core. Um, yeah, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a fun game to watch. That's gonna be, I think it would be a little bit of a defensive battle for sure. Um, so there's something I wanted to talk about, and this is the AFC South. Uh, it seems like year in and year out, nobody wants to win that division. Um, no one ever wants to pull away, and it's not that teams are nine and two, nine and two. Someone might win this with seven wins this year. Um, you can't you can't predict who's going to take it. Even the, the, all the teams are too inconsistent. Um, who do you guys think is going to win the South and why? So for me, it's definitely Houston. They're to, I think they're a clear runaway at this point. Uh, they have the best offense. Their defense is still pretty decent. And I don't think there's, there's anybody in that division that's really going to give them much of a challenge. Uh, Tennessee is way too in, inconsistent, up and down very much so. Um, Jacksonville with Baker, with uh, Gardner Minshew uh, slash Baker Makefield lookalike, uh, you know, they're, they're decent, but they're just not there at this point. And they've not they, they've sent in their chips when they sent Jalen Ramsey packing. So, um and then the surprise of that division to me is the Colts. They just have not played up to it. Um, maybe the Andrew Luck missing is, is having more of an impact than we thought. But they've also had a bunch of injuries, and that, that's affected them. But to me, they've just they've blown some opportunities that they had. Uh, yeah, I'm going to have to say the Texans as well. Even though I do miss that defense and what it actually used to be, the whole makeup of the defense has changed, trading away Clowney. You know, J.J. Watt's not where he used to be at that one point. Uh, so it's going to be tough for him down the stretch, but... Talk about the Michael Jordan of football, like Dabo Sweeney said. Deshaun Watson is just an electrifying player, if not more electrifying than Lamar Jackson, just from what he can do from throwing the ball downfield. And when you're throwing it to DeAndre Hopkins, I don't care if you have one, two, three guys on him, throwing the ball, the Predators coming down with the touchdown. But 
The Texans for sure in the South. Also, I guarantee the Texans uh, or whoever wins that division will have more than seven victories as the Texans already have eight. Uh, it was, now now we're getting uh, t- 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 talking numbers. Guaranteed. Jesus Guaranteed. Christ. Um, so speaking of, uh, I will go with the Texans as well because we they do have an MVP candidate. Um, and he really just took it to the Patriots. I called that, if you, if you do recall, I said uh, Houston outright against the Patriots. To me, the Patriots offense is struggling. Uh, I think it's a, it's an actual issue for them. Normally, Patriots teams, you know, they don't play great during the beginning of the season, and they morph into what Bill Belichick wants them to be, and come the end of the season, they look like this unbeatable force, right? We've actually kind of gotten the opposite this year. They looked really good at the beginning of the season. They were playing a cupcake schedule. Maybe that had something to do with why they're not looking great right now, but they're getting into the meat of their schedule. They actually, I, I don't know, they have a chance to lose the division straight up. So, you know, the Bills are, are right there. Now, a couple weeks ago, uh, I, just got, I got laughed at. I said, New England and the Niners both not only will not get bye weeks, they won't win their division. So keep that in mind because it's, it's creeping that way. We'll see how it finishes up. You never know. Um, but I was talking to a, a lifelong Patriots fan of mine, a friend of mine, and uh, he said he— Does he appear on this podcast ever? Uh, he may. Um, so, uh, so he said, I hate to say it, but I—, I he knew what he wants to see Brady retired at the end, and I agree. Brady just—he's been able to skate by, but man, he just—he looks like he doesn't want to get hit, and rightfully so. Um, he's no Frank Gore, but um, you know, it might might be time for him to hang it up. Uh, he's struggling out there. Dude, have you ever seen a selfish Tom Brady before? Like honestly, when you talk about a team guy, you always see him on the sidelines. He's fired up. He's in people's faces and stuff like that. But he's blatantly coming out and complaining about the offense to Josh McDaniels. At this point in his career, he's got five rings. He knows he's the GOAT. He wants to be the GOAT. He's not trying to be riding off into the sunset with some mediocre statistical line at the end of his career. That's not what TB12's program is about. That's not what his legacy is about. And I'm telling you, there's a lot of discourse there that people are unaware of or aware of, if you want to say that. But... I don't know. We'll see what happens with Brady next year. I think free agency is ringing. So if we look at the Patriots, their offensive line has kind of been banged up this year. That's definitely had an impact on them. They are starting to get some of those guys healthy, so we're not going to count them out completely. But I've said it last week, who on who in their receiving core scares you? There's nobody, right? There's nobody that scares me. So as good as Brady is, he always has had weapons to get the ball to. There's no Gronk. There's you know no Josh Gordon. So it's really Edelman is your is your key weapon, and teams are able to take that away, I guess. And then Mohamed Sanu is not a guy that threatens you downfield. So Nikhil Harry and Jacoby Myers are are they're the options at this point. There's nobody else coming through those doors. So they need to figure it out if the Patriots are going to have a chance. But that's what did not make sense about the Sanu trade. Mohamed Sanu is an incredible player and a versatile player, but who is running the slot now? Is it Edelman or is it Sanu? Who's taking that, that area of the field? It doesn't make any sense to trade away your deep threat in Josh Gordon to Seattle. And you didn't replace them with anybody relying on unproven rookies or second year players. Yeah. Well, I think they, uh, they released him off, uh, off of his IR. But that's yeah. neither here nor there. Um, when, weird, when, weird, weird. When, when was the last time, because for me, this next game that we have, we have Kansas City going into New England. New England's a three-point favorite. <clears throat> I think I can comfortably say this is almost a do-or-die game for the Patriots. 
Uh, obviously not to that extent, but this is a huge game that means a lot, and it normally doesn't have that much of an effect because they're already six games up in their division. Uh, they usually have it locked up by now. Um, this this could change the entire outlook of the AFC, and I'm, I'm thinking Patty Mahomes and the team is going to come out and blow the doors off after their disappointment in, uh, against New England last year. So give me the Chiefs to, uh, may, may, I hate to say it, give uh, New England back-to-back losses. Well, I know we're riding New England hard, <coughs> but when it is fall ball, Bill Belichick has proven time and time again to come up with the schemes that can stop those other teams. And, you know, not to jock Bill Belichick and be, oh, the greatest coach of all time. But let's just be honest. The guy knows how to come out in the scheme. And Patty Mahomes coming off, even though he's looked good off his injury, I still have some reservations about them in New England, in Gillette Stadium at this point in time, especially with the fired up Tom Brady calling out his team, calling out his coaches. I think we're going to see New England pull it off with the cover of three. So I actually like Kansas City outright in this game. uh, And here's why. To me, Kansas City has built the receiving core based off of speed. The Patriots have a really good corner in Stephon Gilmore. He cannot keep up with Tyreek Hill slash Sammy Watkins. And then they have a secret weapon, preseason fantasy darling. Your DFS play of the week for me is Darwin Thompson. Him out of the backfield. If we remember a few years ago, Kareem Hunt on his first game or whatever, second game against New England, they hit him out of the backfield, down the field, streaking on these wide open passes, and he just tore them up. If you can hit Darwin Thompson on one or two of those, he's gone. He's lightning fast. So I think that's going to create a real problem for New England in terms of matchups. And then I still just don't trust the New England offense to score enough points with Kansas City. The other thing is, Kansas City's defense is starting to round into shape a little bit. Tyron Matthews having an extreme impact in terms of like helping out with situations, getting that coverage set up the way he needs to, and just doing his ball hawking stuff. Did you see the interception he had last week? I mean... He, he's, he's a playmaker, and so they're starting to make plays. Uh, you know who's not making plays? The Minnesota Vikings defense. Man, they, <laughs> they, they choked that game away. And I know Kirk Cousins is going to catch the slack. Um, everyone hates him. Um, he, he played more than well enough. Um, you, you can't give up 37 points, especially in some of those spots. 80-yard uh, touchdowns early in the third quarter. Um, but Russell Wilson... He's he's a legitimate MVP candidate. He's done pretty well for himself. I mean, I think Russell Wilson's one of one of the MVP like studs. Like he, it's between him and Lamar, and it's kind of who who falters first. Uh, Lamar kind of has, you know, they both have a couple games where they're potential prove it games. Like they can have that, you know, MVP moment. Uh, it's not really a thing that we've had before. There's Heisman moments in college football, but maybe maybe that's what this race needs, and maybe that this is actually one of the better. MVP races we've seen in a long time, a long as time. far as I'm concerned. So I actually, I love it. Um, but yeah, I think Russell Wilson has absolutely, it, it should be the odds, should be maybe maybe Lamar a slight favorite just because of the hype around him. But Russell Wilson is right there if he takes one step back. And so um, that's going to bring us into our next pick'em game, um, which I was actually very surprised at this spread. Uh, Seattle's a one-and-a-half-point favorite traveling to the Rams. Um, they played Thursday night, I think, five, six weeks ago, something like that. And it was a close one. The Rams probably should have won. Um, but they've been just awfully terrible for the you know past four or five weeks. And I know they came out and thumped Arizona. But, you know, is it a turnaround for the Rams? I don't think so. I, I, it's hard. I can't go against uh, Russell Wilson. Uh, give me Seattle. I mean, no offense to Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury down in Arizona, but come on, it's it's Arizona. And the weirdest thing about the Rams is 
their offensive line has been so bad, but the entire offensive line returned from last year. I don't know if it's age with Whitworth, who is an absolute beast, or, or what the, what it could possibly be. But really, I've got Seattle covering at L.A. I don't think you see uh, the quarterback coming out with 438-plus yards against the Seattle defense. And like you guys were saying, Russell Wilson, MVP candidate. There's a reason he's been my starting quarterback in fantasy. Dude's been balling all year long. So, yeah, so th- just to touch on the point that you made in terms of the, the Rams and their offensive line, they actually did lose, I think, one or two guys in free agency, but then they've also had injuries across the board. They've had injuries to guys that they had replacing last year's starters, and then they've had injuries to those guys. So th- their offensive line has been severely beat up at this point. That's one of their major hurt, like problems. But another major problem is just Jared Goff has been extremely inaccurate. Where the hell is Brandon Cooks in this offense? He came in last year. He was one of the best receivers in the league. He looked like, you know what I mean? And I, I guess they lost Cooper Cup, and maybe he took a step forward, and now Cooper Cup's maybe taking some of those targets. Robert Woods has a fantastic game last week against, you know, the Rams because they, I guess, they Patrick Peterson, Brandon Cooks or whatever, but you got to find a way to get that guy open. There's other things you can do. You can run him across the formation. You don't have to just run deep with him. So um, I'm really confused by, by the Rams. They've, you know, they've been one of those teams where they're, they're not playing up to par, and it's hard for me to go with them with their inconsistencies. Now, their running game has looked a little better with some of these young guys. Maybe it's just they're emphasizing it more, and they're just like, hey, you're a beefy dude, just block down, you know? Like, go go hit the guy in front of you, we'll just move him, and we'll create some some offense that way. Um, I, have a, I, have a, I don't think they're going to be able to do that against Seattle. Uh, and I do think Seattle is going to win this game by more than a point and a half, so give me Seattle. I also want to point out that the line has moved. Some places actually have it even. So if you can find it there, obviously take it. And uh, fun fact, Robert Woods has zero touchdowns this year. <laughs> Crazy, right? Pro Bowl last season. Yeah. Um, no, no fault of his own. I think Brandon Cooks has like one or two. So Yeah, they're just too scared of injuries. You know, he had a couple of bad concussions, so that, you know that slows it down a little bit. Um, but duck, duck, duck. Ducks fly together, right? That's duck, what duck, they say. Goose? Duck, duck, goose. Duck, duck, goose. There we go. <laughs> quack, quack, quack. Um, I think I'm going to get a duck jersey this offseason. Um, Steelers defense has been nothing short of fantastic the last eight weeks. Um, is, is Ducks play? Because he's not great. He's, he's good, but he, he's aggressive, and he's making big plays when they need it. Um, mm-hmm. you, do you think he can be enough to push them to the playoffs? They, they have the spot now. I do. Right now, they actually, you know, you, you called it even earlier in the season saying that they're going to make the playoffs. Right now, I don't know. Now, you did say they're going to win the division, which I'm not, I'm not going to go there. But I do think that they, they have a good chance to, to make the playoffs. The AFC is not playing up to par. There's a lot of teams that are just playing mediocre football at this point in time. And I don't think the Steelers' schedule is all that difficult, to be to be honest. So, yeah. The other thing about uh, Duck Devlin Hodges from Samford, at Samford, he would just chuck it. He threw the ball 50, 60 times a game sometimes. I remember specifically him playing against Florida State, and he I think they, th- they ran the ball like four times. Uh, because he he's a gunslinger. He knows it. He's got that kind of Brett Favre-esque uh mojo in terms of like i'm just gonna wing it because i can and you know the the steelers are playing into it they're like listen if this is what he's gonna do we're gonna ride with it and you know if we go down throwing at least we're going down swinging you know what i mean i mean was mason rudolph good (laughs) did mason rudolph have to do anything amazing i mean the only thing when i think about the steelers is one of the biggest moves of the season was trading for minka fitzpatrick and what that did for the defense it was unbelievable to see the impact he made, especially because people were starting to flirt with 
even though Minka was in his first two years, like, oh, is he a bust going into Miami or is he stuck in a bad place? And then he found his home coming to Pittsburgh, and it's flipped the script for them. Honestly, if Doug Hodges, I don't, I hate the term game manager. I really don't like that because I want him to take the shots like Newman's talking about. But if he can limit his turnovers and let the defense do their job, I can see Pittsburgh taking that win against Arizona. Yeah, so that that's our next pick. Uh, I'm right with you. Um, I, th- I think the Steelers are going to – I'm used to them choking against teams they should win, so they'll probably lose. But uh, give me Pittsburgh by double digits. This is your, your darling, the Arizona uh, future future AFC, uh, NFC West champion Cardinals. Um, it won't be this year, by the way. Soon. Um, but, yeah, so I'm also going to take Pittsburgh. Uh, I believe in them. I believe in their defense. Uh, there's, there's nothing that Arizona's done to me to show that they have a capability to win this game. Yeah, um, I'm I'm excited for it. Um, I, it's been a long time since I've been excited to watch their defense take the field. Um, it's it's definitely a brush of fresh air, brush of fresh air. Derp derp. Um, so big news in the NFL: um, the Dolphins, <laughs> the Bengals, and the Redskins all win and all convincingly win. Um, it kind of brings up the topic of tanking. I, I personally think it's nonsense. Um, no player out there risking their body and their health is going to stand for it. Obviously, you can coach your team into bad bad plays and whatnot, but no one out there is trying to lose. The on-field tanking is not a thing. Um, you may manage the game a little bit situationally as as a coach if you have some sort of, hey, we're, you know, we don't want to necessarily win these games top-down order. Uh, if you're a coach of the NFL... The NFL stands are not for long. If I have a head coaching gig, I'm not going to let anybody tell me I need to lose a game. So that's just not going to happen on the field. Uh, the way that tanking actually goes into play is when you just don't have good players on your roster. So Miami trading away good players before the beginning of the season, trading away good players during the season, those were items designing the team to tank. Now, the coach has been, hey, we're going to put uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick in there, and he's going to sling it, and they've had some development out of some of their wide receivers. You've gotten more out of... Um, What's his name? DeAndre uh, Devonte Parker. Devonte Parker. Yeah, Louisville you've gotten more out more of him. He was a first round draft pick, and he looked like he was a bust. And all of a sudden, this year he's playing well. Maybe it's because he's got the gunslinger and uh, Ryan Fitzmagic throwing him the ball. <laughs> um, so good for the Bengals getting a win, so that you don't have to go uh, winless too. By the way, <laughs> first win for the new head coach too. Yeah. So, so who, do, who do you guys think is going to have the number one pick when it's all said and done? Because there's four or five teams still well in the running. <laughs> I was born in Cincinnati. Uh, my whole family was raised in Cincinnati. The Bungles are going to take that first pick for sure. Yeah, for me it's Cincinnati. I don't. I don't really see them win another game this year. I, I, I think it's going to be close with them and the Giants. With when the Bungles finish for worst in the NFL, who do you want them to take? I mean, I, I think the clear cuts Joe Burrow. I mean, there's no other route that you can go. The kid's just been standing to the test this year. And we'll see what happens coming up in the SEC championship, too, if he's going to answer the bell. If I'm the Bengals, uh, my first option is I'm going to try to trade down and acquire more picks. Um, There's not a quarterback in this draft that is head and shoulders above some of the other ones. I think there's a little bit of depth at the quarterback position. You might be able to trade back a few spots, pick up an extra couple picks, which they desperately need, and still get a good quarterback to fit in that system. Also, I think Ryan Finley is not necessarily the books wrote on him. And worst case scenario, you go into next year, you suck again, you build up some of the rest of the parts of your team, and you go get Trevor Lawrence. And they definitely have a good possibility with Pittsburgh's draft pick changing. Who knows, maybe they swap 1-2 with the Dolphins and get the second first rounder. Well, it's going to be interesting. Um, 
The Giants are definitely in that running, but the hero is back. Manning Eli is finally coming back for Monday Night Football, um, which brings us to our last pick of the week. The Giants are nine-point dogs to Philadelphia, who duffed it. I can't even, I can't stress it enough. What a joke that was. Blowing the bit. They, they had a double-digit lead early um, to the Dolphins. And everything in my gut is saying Philly's going to answer the bell. But bring on some Eli. Give me the Giants to cover nine. Don't ask. I got no no explanation for it. I think uh, I think Eli's going to pull it out and, and show the Giants what they've been missing. Old dad bod Eli Manning coming off the bench fresh as ever. Uh, honestly, I see Eli having a big game, throwing for at least three touchdowns, maybe a pick. But I think Carson Wentz can answer the call too. Coming up, the division's still up for grabs. It's anybody's game. Them girls, I mean them boys, <laughs> they're in there. Dak's doing his little break dance on the sidelines. Jerry Jones is pulling his hair out, talking about no hand cramps when he's signing checks. I'm not sure what's going on. So it's up for grabs, and I think Philly can actually cover the nine, uh, even though I think Eli will come out and maybe put some of the critics to rest on his uh, way out. Yeah, so I'm going to take the Giants getting the nine points. Uh, if you haven't noticed or if you haven't been paying attention, the Giants are actually getting most of the offensive weapons back healthy for the first time this year. Evan Ingram's supposed to play. He's been practicing. They have Shepard practicing, etc., etc. So Eli actually gets a full complement of receivers. They're playing probably the best, you know, this, this could potentially be the best game they'll play all year. The Eagles secondary is a wreck. I look for Eli to have a big game. I expect the Giants to cover nine. I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, so big news in the NFL this week. Riverboat Ron gets fired. Um, definitely a surprise to me. Um, you know, a lot of, you know, a lot of outlooks are you lost your starting quarterback. Um, you know, you get a little slack. Um, not the case. He's gone. Um, I think it has something to do with the new regime. Um, I, I don't know if they're clashing or you know philosophies, whatnot. Uh, I, I know I know the real. I I, just, I didn't find out until this week. Um, I, I know the real struggles of the Panthers, which I'll get to shortly. Um, do you guys? We've been talking about Cam Newton's definitely going to be out in Carolina. Uh, I I still think he has to go. Um, although Carolina has been struggling. Uh, yeah. Do you guys think Cam stays, and if not, where is he going to be? Well, to clear things up, in case you didn't know, Ron Rivera won back-to-back-to-back NFC South titles. I think you let everybody know in the news conference. Honestly, I don't think it was anything personal on Ron Rivera. Like you said, the change is coming in Carolina. I think they're ready to move on from Karen Newton. I mean, Cam Newton, mm -hmm. uh, from whatever type of fashion freak shows he's trying to do and drawing attention away from the team. Uh, I just think they're moving in another direction. And I think Ron Rivera gets another chance in the NFL. I don't, I don't think as a coordinator, as a head coach. So it is, it is some news to me. But with Cam Newton, I don't see him in Carolina either next year. Between the shoulder and all the doubts in his foot, and he's supposed to be an athletic, movable quarterback. If you can't move on the foot and your shoulder's also bummed out, I don't see you making the waves that the new regime wants. They're trying to start fresh. Kyle Allen's been slinging the rock, making mistakes as a rookie, but I think people were surprised by his play. Yeah, so here, here's my question. If you're going to move on from Ron Rivera, if you're going to move on from Cam Newton, next year you're going to be going into Christian McCaffrey on the fourth year of his rookie deal. Uh, do you trade him? 
Like, what's going to happen in that situation? Are you building for now? Are you going to try to push all your chips in the table? Because if you, if you are, then Kyle, Kyle Allen is not your quarterback next year. So isn't Cam a better option if you're going to push your chips into the table? And if you're just going to unload Cam, bring in somebody else, maybe for a one-year deal, whatever, stopgap, why not trade Christian McCaffrey and acquire some draft capital for him? It, I mean, it, to me, it, it, they're kind of in a spot, and they're actually making it more difficult on themselves. Before the, the Ron Rivera firing, you know, I expect that, you know, Cam comes back next year, we reload, we try to address a couple of key holes, and then go try to win the division or make the playoffs again. But with this line of thinking and what they're going on with firing Ron Rivera and moving on from Cam, are they do, moving to a complete rebuild? Because if you're stuck in the middle, you're stuck in the middle, and that's not a good place to be. Here's where it's, what it's starting to look like. It looks like they're going to be flirting with a top 10 pick, and a quarterback will fall, but they're still going to have the option to trade Cam in the offseason close to the draft, which I think will happen. But here is the real downfall of the Panthers. You know who their offensive coordinator was? Norv Turner. Norv Turner. I didn't even realize that. And his son's the quarterback coach. If you would have told me that, I'd have picked them to finish third in division, and they still gonna, might not because the Falcons and the Bucks have been so bad, but... The he, Bucks are currently in second in that division, if you didn't that, know. I, I don't even care. I'm just so done with it. Three the, out of four. So, I'm so done with the <laughs> with that entire division. Um, but, yeah, North Turner has just sucked everywhere he went. Um, which, talk, speaking of these quarterbacks, there's an interesting carousel coming this offseason. Uh, we touched on a few of them. Uh, maybe Brady, Eli possibly retiring, Ham Newton. Um, a couple other big names that could possibly be moving. Um Mitch Trubisky, yeah, he's got a big game against the Cowboys, which I'm sure he's going to be choking. Um, Jameis Winston and uh, bringing back Minshew, uh, Nick, Nick Foles could be on the move as well. Um, and any thoughts for those guys? And oh, and Philip Rivers too, man. He's been he's been nothing short of terrible. Um, where do you think these guys are going to be moving? Um, I, th- I think a couple of those quarterbacks just might be trading teams with each other. Uh, except for Rivers might need to retire. Manning, Brady, it's time for them to go. Nick Foles should just be a backup somewhere, but his salary is way too high. Jameis is the one I'm interested in. Uh, I want to see where he goes, what happens there. Yeah, so I actually don't think there's going to be all that much movement. Um, if, if guys like Rivers, Brady, and Manning play next year, um, Brady is for sure going to be playing for the Patriots, and Rivers, to me, I don't think that same, or the Chargers let him go. Um, in terms of Cam Newton, yeah, he's a guy who potentially is on the move, and I'm not sure exactly where he goes, but to me, Denver is a spot that I feel like he would do well at. Uh, in terms of Mitch Trubisky, I don't know that he's a starter next year anywhere, wherever he ends up. some He's probably a developmental guy. Maybe he winds up somehow in Kansas City, to let the actual quarterback guru mentor him and develop him, or uh, Philadelphia, potentially, if they need a backup. I don't know what, what's going on with Wentz. To me, here's an interesting theory. So Nick Foles played for Kansas City as a backup quarterback before going to the Eagles under Peterson. When he was there, Matt Nagy was there. Would he not be an, an option to address the Bears' issues at quarterback? If Nagy's going to be the head coach next year, which... It's kind of ludicrous that the guy has, in his second year after coming off of a Coach of the Year performance, is now in question for being fired. Uh, go get Nick Foles if you're him. He knows the offense. You you can plug and play kind of thing. And he has a good defense around him. He's the kind of game manager that actually would play really well for the Bears. And then you can fix the offensive line so that your running game is a little bit better. To me, that, that seems like a marriage in heaven. You'll definitely need a, a contract restructure for sure uh, if you know to make that move. 
I mean, talking about movement, I can agree with Jim. I don't see much movement going around with these guys. I mean, I think Jameis stays in Tampa Bay where he belongs. You know, all this stuff is coming out, looking into what Bruce Arians said today in his press conference. But I think Jameis gets franchise tagged, and maybe Tampa looks for something later in the draft, maybe some one of those diamonds in the rough that you can draft in and have work behind him. And the other backup, too, Ryan Griffin, I mean, he's fine to sit in that backup slot. But I don't see Jameis going anywhere. Uh, I do see a couple retirements on the ridge. I mean, if if Rivers doesn't go back to, to uh, I'm sorry, L.A., I was about to say San Diego, if he doesn't go back to L.A., I, I don't see any other team picking him up. And maybe the Broncos, if they don't pick up any of the other guys that are available. And as you said, Foles, his, his contract is gigantic. I don't even know exactly how much money it is, but I remember reading it the other day, and it's a huge contract there. It's like 22, I think, per year, give or take. He has something like $45 million coming out of Guaranteed dollars. Yeah, left. Yeah. Left. Yeah. Um, but. Speaking of Foles. Speaking of Foles, the, the savior. The, the stash is the, back. The savior, the stash. Thank God. Gardner Minshew is back. And because his, because of his, his return, I'm really torn on who I think is going to win that Jacksonville Chargers game. Um. Man, I, I can't get enough of the guy. I love him. I'm so happy he's back. I think he's got. I don't think anyone loves Gardner Minshew as much as the sports memory. Oh no, not not at all. Um, and obviously he's a rookie, and rookies, you know, there's a lot of development time. But he's more talented than Duck. But they both have the same mentality. Let's sling it and wing it, dude. We came in as six undrafted, however, had no shot of getting there, so they're take, making the most of their opportunities. I've made this argument a lot. When it comes down to football, people don't understand something about quarterback play. As much as the guy needs to have this strong arm, this big body and everything like that, at the end of the day, football for a quarterback is played in between the ears. If you've got it, you've got it. And that confidence and that ability that Gardner Minshew and guys like Devlin Hodges show, that's really what puts them over the top and allows them to be successful at the NFL level. Well, it's the moxie. you got to be able to grab the bull by the horns. Nobody wants somebody coming to the huddle stuttering and stammering when they're trying to call the play on third and 15, trying to win the ball game in a two-minute drill. I mean, and Minshew brings that moxie to the field. When he hit it, when Folds got benched and he came on the field, the entire team had another, like a pickup. Even though the game wasn't even in reach or didn't seem like it, they saw production the second that Minshew hit the field. And and I'm a believer in the Minshew magic, man. I think we found another Fitz magic, but with Minshew, with a little bit more swagger coming to him, man, especially coming out with a Mike Leach offense in college. I mean, slinging the rock downfield, spread offense. The guy's not afraid, man. He's out there doing his thing. Hey, that's what you want. Yeah, if you needed to know that Gardner Minshew didn't have a confidence issue, all you have to do is look at pictures of him in his jockstrap with aviators on, doing workouts inside the Washington State uh, locker room. Dude is the truth. Bring him to Pittsburgh. Um, uh, Mike Tomlin, I will forgive you for everything if you bring the stash in. Um, so, uh, Newman, you touched on this earlier. Um, Daily Fantasy, uh, Fantasy Football Stud of the Week. Um, it, you know, you can't go with big names. Just Who, who do you think is just going to have... Not necessarily a breakout performance, but just who's just going to have a, an awesome, good, big game. So, so Darwin Thompson is my start of the week because he's going to be super cheap in your daily in your daily plays. But for my stud of the week, I'm going to go with the man that we mentioned earlier in the MVP conversation. Give me Russell Wilson picking apart that Rams secondary. Yes, they have Jalen Ramsey, but you can basically just send send one wide receiver out there, let him sacrifice, and then just eat the Rams alive everywhere else. 
Uh, I mean, we talked about MVP candidates, and I think it's going to be a common theme. Uh, I'm taking Deshaun Watson, man. Uh, he's got Denver coming into his home after coming off huge wins, multiple touchdown games. Uh, I don't see anybody stopping Deshaun. And honestly, it might be the run that he needs to win the MVP because even though Russell has been so good, he hit a couple ruts where one touchdown games, only maybe 100-plus yards uh, passing, and just just getting over 200 yards, you don't see that struggle with Deshaun. And he's ascending right now coming into the playoffs, and I think he'll push it through. So I'm definitely going to go with uh, – Derry Sanders is going to have a monster day. Uh, he has to if they, if they want to win against Atlanta. Um, but these next two topics are going to kind of correlate for me. Um, James Washington's gotten a lot of hype uh, ever since the duck call. Um and I think he. I'm starting him in one league. I, I like him, but if you if you want to go a little deeper, I think he's going to garner a little bit of extra attention from the terrible, terrible Arizona defense. Um, look for Deontay Johnson to get a couple. He may have five catches, but look for some big strikes because that kid can fly. Um, which brings us to a quick little gambling session. Um, there is no lock at all when when it comes to gambling. Uh, anything can happen at any time. But it's fun to say. So, lock of the week. Who, 100 million percent, if you were going to risk it all, who? what game would it be on? If I have to bet my life on a game this week, I'm taking Seattle Seahawks with my boy Russell Wilson against the Rams. It, it's an even spread right now in Vegas and some play, some books. And to me, there's, there's no way that that's an even game. Give me Seattle. Uh, if it's me, it's got to be the Texans this week. That's my lock. It's my fantasy giant of the week with Deshaun, uh, Deshaun Watson. Uh, ready to see him go off with uh, the offensive weapons that he has there. And you see Duke Johnson, too, sliding into the mix. When the teams forget about him, when he comes out of the backfield, it's like a wide receiver running back combo. The guy's got hands. And I think you see the ball getting distributed around, and the Texans bring it in for a lock. So earlier this year, I had one absolute no-brain lock of the week. And it was the Rams, uh, when Jalen Ramsey got traded to them, um, they absolutely steamrolled the Falcons. This game's going to go the exact same. Give me the Steelers. Uh, the Steelers are going to blow the doors off of Arizona, and I'm going to run my bank account dry on this game. What's left in this gambling account, which is a pretty penny for sure. Um, it's been a good year. Um, and here's another reason why I'm going to do it. Not only am I going to win, but if for some unknown reason, because... Whatever deity you pray to, he hates me. So if if Mike Tomlin lets me down, I will show up to his house as a broke, homeless girl and, and with cookies, and I'm fighting him. Um, and I'm going to beg for his him getting fired. If he blows this game, uh, I, I have so much faith in Duck and that incredible defense. Uh, give me the Steelers, the double digits. Uh, talk about points betting. Um, I'm all over it. Um, so, gentlemen, gentlemen, gentlemen. Um, that's about all we got here. We got the holidays. We're rolling through the holidays. We got Christmas coming up. Uh, any special plans coming up for you girls? Oh, you know the holiday parties are rolling and Christmas time is the best time. So, uh, definitely got a lot of things going on. Booze is going to be flowing. Football is going to be happening. I think it's one of the best times of the year, pun intended for sure. Yeah, I'm looking forward to those holiday parties as every one of you should be. Also, we're going to be, uh, if you need some extra cash for your, for your Christmas presents and purchases be sure to take our advice because we are killing it this year we're printing money especially last week seven and two mofos we are rolling it so that will wrap it up for us uh 
Dirty Curdy, thanks for joining us. It was always a pleasure. Uh, Newman, I, I hate to love you. Um, thanks for joining us, guys, and uh, check our articles out. Uh, laugh at our memes, and uh, tune in next week. Like, share, and subscribe. Thanks for having me, boys. <laughs>